So this morning we'll, we'll continue a lesson that the last week we started on in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, I was aware of this scripture, but I have never studied it. And uh, it came up in a uh, conversation, and uh, I thought, well, this certainly uh, deserves some study. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. says, in whom the God of this age, or this world, hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, I, I've heard it quoted a lot, the God of this world. Uh... It doesn't say here Satan. I do believe it is talking about Satan. And uh, that's worth studying it as that. But what does it mean? If Satan, the god of this world, what does that mean? Uh, so this morning, uh, I would like to uh, subtitle our lesson, Who's Running Things? <laughs> Who's Running Things Anyway? Who's in charge? I, uh, uh, I have a habit. Well, I'm a habit. Anyway, sometimes I do these things. Uh, George and I was in uh, Pigeon Forge several years ago, and uh, uh, I can't go anywhere without going to the Lowe's store. And there's a Lowe's store down there. We needed a few things, so I was walking up and down the aisles, and, and uh, Every, every employee that I pass to say, hey, how you doing today? Or, can I help you today? Every one of them. And uh, that's when I was still a contractor, and I've never experienced that at any other load. But every, there's not a single employee that I passed that didn't acknowledge, hey, how are you doing today? Have a good day today. Anything I can help you with today? So, I, uh, I do this a lot. I want to talk to the person who's in charge. So we checked out. I asked for the person in charge, the manager, came up and I told him, I said, I've never experienced anything like this in any other load. And he said, well, we had a meeting about that just recently about this. And I said, well, what you told them and how you told them worked well because it was, it was remarkable. I go to the restaurant. It's not uncommon. I don't know the percentage, but it's certainly not uncommon whenever I get finished with a meal to ask for the person in charge, to ask for the manager. Only one time have I asked for a manager and complained, and that was probably oh, close to 50 years ago. I won't go into that, but many, many times since then I've asked for the person in charge, who's the manager. And normally they're kind of very timid, you know, uh, but I, it's always to, to uh, commend somebody. Of course, you remember the, the uh, uh, elderly lady down in uh, Somerset working for a Cracker Barrel. She was probably in her 70s, which is not old, but anyway, she was probably in her, maybe for a waitress, but anyway, she was looked like she was in her 70s, and it looked like it was so painful for her to walk, you could just tell. But she was one of the best servers you could ever have. Uh, after, after telling her this and talking to her, she'd been in a car crash 
not too many years ago, and they said she'd never even walk again. Here she was on her feet or whatever her shift was, serving people. So after we got through, we asked for the manager. We told him she wasn't just a good server for her age. She was a great server. I think we went online and, and done some things for her. So it's not uncommon for me to ask, who's in charge? Now, uh, David has a, uh, a Giovanni's now, and he's in charge. And uh, so he, he has a great, uh, I'll go get him a little uh, uh, commercial here. He, he has a great restaurant. He does a great job. He's had a lot of experience in, in this field and uh, very proud of him. does a great job. But he's in charge, but his power is limited. There may be a server or something. I didn't see any, but they may. <laughs> Several years ago, a whole group of us, Loris and I, Linda and David, uh, Sandy and Danielle, my mom and dad, we was over at, uh, anyway, restaurant. Dad was kind of, this is one of these real long booths. A whole bunch of dad was all the way back in the corner of this booth. And the waitress came, so there was, there was what, two, about eight of us at this table or ten or something like that. So she had all these drinks, these cold drinks, come like that. And she took my balls and every one of them went. We all scattered. Dad just sat there and he just got drenched. Now there was a manager there. There was somebody in charge, but their power's limited. They couldn't. They couldn't. And I didn't complain. <laughs> Even Dad didn't. He just, whoo, that's cold. But uh, but what I'm saying is, who's in charge? Their power is limited. Is God power limited? I'm talking about, here talks about God this word. I'm talking about God Almighty. God the Creator. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, the mighty God. The most high God. Is He limited? And I think we all say he has no limitations of it. No limitations. Uh, so this world in whom the God of this world what does that mean? Is God Almighty my title of my lesson, who's running things? Is God Almighty running things? Or are things just in chaos? Nobody running things. And just whatever, I don't know how many billion people on the earth, I don't know the population of the earth right now, but is it just nobody running things? It's just everybody's uh, free will and, and nobody's running anything, just complete chaos? Is that the way it is? Or is Satan, the God of this world, is he controlling everything? Now, I don't want us to go on what we have thought or whatever. We, we want to get scripture. And certainly there are answers to this. And again, I've never studied it before. I've heard it, but I've never really studied it until it came up in a, in a conversation. 
So, I don't believe this world is just chaos. I believe someone's running it. Is it Satan? Is Satan running things? It says he's gone this world. We'll talk about it, but what, what does that mean? Is he running things? Boy, you know, this is a big world. There's a lot of things going on. If he's running things, if he's in charge, if he's running things, you know, I admire in, well again, uh, in a business where it's run well. And Keith, I know you've got a lot of different parts of the business you're associated with. I admire people that's running things well. So, if Satan is in charge of this world with a lot of people in it, gosh, Would we would we have to admire somebody like that? Who are we who are we worshiping? We should be we should be careful. We should give us some thought. The word worship, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever studied in the Greek and Hebrew, but as we look at the English and the old English, and of course this word comes uh, again, I didn't look at the Greek and Hebrew words, but we have the word worship. And it comes from an old English word, worship. I thought that was pretty good. Worship. Is Satan worth worship? Well, he maybe would say no, but if he's in charge, if he's running things, I, you know, I might have to need to think about that. Is he worth worship? Who is worthy of worship? And I know we all say, well, Satan's not worthy of worship. And I agree. But let's base that on fact. Who's worthy of worship? Is it God? Is it Satan? Or is it man? Uh, I want to read something. Uh, we'll probably come back to this fourth chapter. But in the 11th chapter, Satan, people, and we talk, it's been, uh, well, wait a minute. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 11 chapter. We have, uh, in the past, been a long, many years, maybe want to study that again, uh, how to worship Satan. And uh, I, I learned a lot from that study, and, and it might be finally time for us to, to study that again. <coughs> how to worship Satan. Do we need? I started, you know how I bring different props and things. I've got a couple of pitchforks. One of the three-pronged pitchforks. One of the pitchforks of Satan. I started to bring it some more. I didn't, uh, but don't put it past me. Uh, but I'm going to worship Satan. I told you before, I had a uh, uh, garden center. We sold a concrete statuary and everything. And we had some painters. There were some, uh, I didn't like how they were painting fountains and things like that. I thought they were little... I don't know. But anyway, so I started painting some to sell, and I would make them look like they was aged bronze or aged copper or something like that. And then we did this ahead of time and charged a lot more for it. This time I came in, there was this goat just laying down, and uh, it was a 
I guess the mature goat had the, the horns and everything. He just kind of lay outside. They had a lot of detail and everything. Somebody came in and wanted to know if I painted it because most of it was unpainted stuff. Well, yeah, but it's going to cost this much. Money was no problem, so I painted it up. Again, I didn't paint eyeballs and then that pink nose and all that. I painted what looked like it was an antique uh, bronze or brass or something like that. So they come picked it up, and somebody later said, you know what they wanted that for, don't you? No, I said, Satan worship. I, I didn't know how to worship Satan. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so how, how do you worship Satan? Well, everybody knows, well, it may be a little more deceiving than you think. And I like first to think. And so somebody that was worshiping Satan, somebody was on television and said, we're worshiping Satan. What do you think you would see? What do you think you would hear? Would they have that pitchfork <laughs> and dress real terrible or something? Uh, would they be using real foul language? Uh, what do you think? What do you think you would see? What do you think it would be like? Well, let's read in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, well, let's just go back to verse uh, 12, I think. Uh, but what I do, that I will do, that I may uh, cut off occasion from them who desire occasion, that uh, in that which they glory, they may be found even as we in I probably won't this time, but we'll be talking in the future about glory who it belongs to. But then it says 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So they're going to appear as apostles of Christ. They're not, but that's how they're going to appear. And verse 14, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So if there's a channel, and there may be, I don't know, there's hundreds of channels now on television, Satan worship, you know what it's going to look like? An angel of light. To the unopened eye. I started to say untrained eye, but to the unopened eye. And in 15, uh, Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to the work. So his ministers, how are they going to appear? Satan's ministers, how are they going to appear? As ministers of righteousness. I told you before I started recording now that I uh, was tuned in to a, a uh, Satan's channel this morning. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but now I have to. But you say, well, was it MTV? Was it uh, uh, country music? All that stuff, bad stuff on there. No, it was a religious channel. And just to give you an example, because I heard many things on there. But one example was, he was talking about, remember when we taught on it before, studied it before, when the, you know, after the Lord crucified and everything, and the, uh, Buried, and then Peter and I'll go fishing. So they all were fishing. And they wasn't catching anything. And the Lord said, cast your net over on the other side. Well, we fished all night and didn't catch anything. And, and then, you know, the miracle of all those fish and everything. 
That was a miracle of the Lord. But you know what they said? Oh, but see, you have to be prepared. They, they turned that around, giving the honor and glory to Peter and the disciples. But you have to be prepared. It was the Lord's miracle. But who did they, who did they give the glory to? This person who I believe is certainly teaching Satan's doctrine, but appeared to be as uh, ministers of Christ and righteousness. Give the honor Lord man. But it's up to you to be prepared. So uh, Satan, a uh, Satan channel, people worshiping uh, 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 Satan and everything, they're not going to have a pitchfork and, and things like that. They're going to appear as ministers of righteousness as this person did this morning. And then there's something else a little later. I can't remember what it was, but it was even worse. Uh, so anyway, uh, Satan worships. His ministers are going to uh, transform themselves as the uh, apostles of Christ. That's how they're going to appear to the unopened eye. Or untrained, but unopened. Untrained as we look at who trains it. And, and Satan himself transformed as an angel of life. So, looking at the God of this world, I don't want to worship him. I don't want any of us to be worshiping him. Worshiping him. I don't want that. Not any. Let me review briefly what we talked about last week. talk about Satan's God of this world, so let's ask some questions about Satan or answer some questions about Satan. God of this world, what does that mean? Is he in control and so forth? So then I, we started out very basic. Uh, where did Satan come from? We know he wasn't there in the beginning because we read that in the beginning with God and the Word, I believe the triune. That's what was in the beginning. What came after that? Everything that came after that was created. By the, by the creator. We read where all things were created by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And Proverbs says, even the wicked were made by him. Job says, the deceived and the deceiver are his. So that tells us something about Satan. He said, well, though, he, uh, God didn't make him like that. God made an angel, and he fell. That is true, but was that, what was God's intention? Did God do a bad job of making that particular angel? Because he failed. I, 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 I told the story in, in June. Uh, this, uh, when you go in Cold Grove, four-way stop there, two houses and a drugstore there, and they built that oh, a few years ago now, and, and Gloris and I were going away to vacation. And I was excited. There's some new construction, new business going out in Cold Grove. And went through, and I saw they had their walls up all around the chuck. And so we were on vacation. I think 
Where's he going? Maybe. Well, anyway, he was going for a while. We came back, and the four walls was up, and all the trusses were stacked up inside the building. And uh, it puzzled me for a while. Why are, why are the trusses, trusses stacked up inside the building? Because if you're putting them up, you know, that wouldn't work. You could put a couple up, and then they're going to be in the way. You stack the trusses outside the building. You either put them up manually or, or with a lift or something. But they was, the trusses were stacked inside the building. I thought, why? Well, what had happened? The, the dean had set all the trusses up. And they didn't take the time to properly brace them before they put the cheating on. What happened? They all fell like dominoes. So, poor construction. It was their fault. Not, and, and you spend a lot of time bracing. I've done that before. And once you get the sheeting on, you don't need them bracing, but start with you. You do. And they didn't, and they all fell like dominoes. So they didn't mean for them to, but because of them and their whatever, uh, they did. But now Satan, he fell. Who made Satan? Am I trying to make God the bad guy? Oh no. I'm trying to give him a long glory for everything. Who made Satan? We know he wasn't in the beginning. He was a created being created by God. You say, well, God created an angel and then he fell. Did God do a bad job creating him? Just like the people did a bad job putting their trusses up. And the answer is no. God didn't do a bad job at anything. Uh... We read where we went to, I think, Ecclesiastes, to every purpose, there's a season and a time to every purpose. Who makes the purpose? The purpose is what well, God. And there's a time for it, there's a season for it, and it comes to pass exactly when it's supposed to. And it's time and it's season, because God, who doesn't lack power, will bring it to pass. But then he's going down through it. It says God made everything beautiful in his time. Well, wait a minute. He made Satan. And you're saying Satan's beautiful? I'm not saying that. That's what the scriptures would have to say. If God made Satan, and everything he and everything God made is beautiful in its own time, then we have to say that was a good creation. Beautiful in its own time. You mentioned God the bad guy? Oh no, giving him honor and glory for everything. Uh, how could that be how could that be beautiful? We talked about last week, and I'd like to talk about this week if I can move on. Satan is you, Satan is a tool. And we talked, I brought tools last week, didn't I? I got Gina recognized all these things. He's got a lot of tools we talked about this morning. A basin wrench under the sink and everything, then hand it. And there's a regular wrench, an adjustable wrench. You say, what's its purpose? I think the round old bolts <laughs> the head because you don't go get the right wrench, right? But anyway, channel lock, the water pump pliers, a framing hammer. So I've got all kinds of tools in here. And they all have a specific purpose. 
machine. Don't use them too much anymore. Distributor wrench. You know what that is. Uh, we got all kind of uh, all kind of things there too for specific things. Satan is a tool created by God for specific things at specific times, and it's beautiful in some time. If you've ever tried to get to that half inch or nine sixteenths inch uh, uh, bolt under the distributor with the regular wrench and everything, you got this, you say, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Anyway, so Satan is beautiful in some time. I said, but he brings evil. He brings what's labeled as evil. Uh, yes. And let me just think this. And we may just put again. On the front of our building, there's a stone quoting in Scripture, Romans 8 28. For we know that all things work together for good to them, them that love God, to them are called according to his purpose. Now, it doesn't necessarily say that all things are good. It says all things work together for good. And really, it's, I think it's the same thing. Some people look at that and say, yeah, well, if Satan does something, something bad happens, and God is able to turn around and make it work together for good. I contend it's God's plan all along. That's how we know that it works together for good. It's God, God the creator, the God of the universe. It's his plan all together. And Chuck, I think you mentioned this morning things that we might not like, might not understand, but we know and we have comfort. It's working together for our good. We might sit now, we might sit after we're going to serve. But to realize that, doesn't that bring us peace as we have this earthly walk? And we'll try to give some examples of that. Uh, let's, uh, Book of Job. Uh, so, who's running things? So, let's go to Job, the first chapter. We've studied this uh, in this church uh, in my 40 years or whatever of uh, teaching. We've studied this twice, verse by verse, and then we've studied it multiple times, just certain things from it, the book of Job. But in the first chapter of Job, so again, to, ask, to, to study a question, who's in charge of things? Who's running things? We read Satan's God of this world, but what does that mean? Who's running things? Who's in charge? Does that mean Satan's in charge of everything? Everything on this earth? Then we may have to look at his be worthy of worship then. So anyway, Job, and I know you're familiar with this, but I still like to look at it and read some of it. Go to verse 6. Job 1 and 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Here's a Satan, this one God of this world. And the Lord said to Satan, From where comest thou? Now, God wasn't asking a question he didn't know, but anyway, we have that question. Ask, so we'll see the answer. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going 
to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down uh, in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one who feareth God and shunneth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for nothing, for naught? Hast thou not made and hedge, hast not thou made a hedge about him? That sounds like somebody that would be in control making a hedge about him. Sounds like someone that ain't control to me. Has thou about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land, but put forth thy hand. Do you hear what Satan says? Lord, you put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. We're going to see it was touched. Yeah, Satan's used. We're going to see that. But who really did it? Thine hand. He said, oh, that's blasphemy. We'll see that it's not. We'll have scripture to prove that. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. So Satan had some power. God gave him some power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And then we see down through here, and for time's sake, I won't read it, but you know, he took, he took the uh, flock of his uh, oxen and all his sheep and all this, and, and his servant was all slain. And then all of his children and everything was all slain at one time. Remember, they're just standing in line one after another to, uh, to give Job this, what we would label as bad news, what we would label as evil news. Uh, so then, well, let me read verse 19. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they were dead, and I only escaped alone to tell thee. This was uh, his children there were found. So, who killed those children? Well, Satan did. Well, there's kind of a big debate now. I'll get a little bit political here. Somebody, I saw somebody. <clears throat> there was a shooting somewhere, and they were suing the manufacturers of the gun. The gun, <laughs> the gun was a tool used to kill people. But the person who's going to go to trial? Well, in our political world, who who, who knows? I guess I guess to ask fully open-ended questions like that. But here, this great wind came, and the, I guess the roof came down and killed all these people. Job's children. Was that the God of this world? Well, the God of this world was involved, but is that who did it? And as many times we looked at Bill, I didn't see this 
fact, I had this lesson prepared, but I didn't see this until this morning. Look what verse 19 says. And behold, there came a great wind. Where does the wind come from? Can we read it comes out of his treasuries? You saying God's bad? Oh no. Oh no. So then, after all the... Oh my goodness, what, what things happened to Job there. But then verse 21. And said... Well, for, no, I don't want to skip verse 20. Then Job arose, tore his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and worshipped. Do you think he worshipped Satan? No, he did not. Well, why would he worship God after this uh, happened to him? Well, because God had, had called him to do that and give him the understanding. But now verse 21. And said, as he worshipped God, he said... Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. And listen to this. The Lord gave, and Satan taken away. That's not what he said. It's not what my Bible says, neither is yours. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. And in his worship, and he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the giving and the taking away. Up by God's grace, I'm not going to give Satan honor and glory for this. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord in the giving and the taking away. Wow, my goodness. Don't forget the work together for good. So then, uh, let's see. Let me, okay, let's read now. In verse 22, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God with uh, folly or foolishness. So Job didn't sin. He said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. He said, The Lord took away. The Lord did this. But he. The scripture says he didn't sin in this. That was not a sin to say the Lord took away. It was not a sin to say that wind came from his treasury and did this. It was not a sin. It's the truth. Uh, remember, says Satan says, put forth thine hand against me. Again, Satan was used here. Satan was law, but he was a tool. A tool that God made for specific purposes. So then, let, let's go into the second chapter. And I plan to get far in this. This is probably as far as we're going to go, but the second chapter. And let's start in verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going uh, to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man? We can study all that and why how he got to be perfect and upright man, not this morning. One that feareth God and shuns evil. 
And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. God moved against Job. It says without cause. In other words, it wasn't because I want you, I've heard people say this, and I want to I make it as, as plain as I can. And, and it's, it kind of breaks my heart uh, some of the people I've heard saying this. But one individual suffering in the hospital, terminal, and they said, I don't know what I've done to deserve this. Job hadn't done anything. So don't use it. If something bad happens to you, don't necessarily worry. Well, God punished me for this. You, you don't know. What we do know is what the Scripture says. It's going to work together for good. So don't look, well, it must have been this, it must have been that. It may be a test. Similar to what this is. That's good. So don't Don't try to put something there that's not there. Job hadn't done anything. Yet this happened to him. Is God unjust? Oh, no. God's not unjust. This is going to work good for good. Uh, okay. Where did we stop? Uh, verse, chapter 2, verse, uh, well, Verse 3, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and shuns evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him. Who destroyed him? God. Was Satan a tool used? Yes. I may use this hammer to drive a 60-penny nail, which I've probably been now. And I use a tool to do it. I didn't make this tool, but I use a tool to do it. But it's me. I'm using a tool, but it's me. That hammer can lay there. Was it till the sheep come home or whatever? <laughs> and it can't do anything, but you've got tools. A lot of you have tools. Lord's got a little pink tool test, too. Okay. But Satan is a tool made by God for specific purposes and he uses them as he will. Uh, verse, let's see. Verse 4. And Satan answered the Lord and Satan said, and said, skin for skin, yea, all that the man hath he will give for his life. But put forth Mine hand. Again, he'd say, turn me loose. Put forth thine hand. Do you see who's going to be doing this? Yeah, he may use a tool, but who's going to be doing this? Even Satan said that. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So, I won't deny God has given Satan a certain amount of power. I've got another. We can't do without these cordless tools now. They have a certain amount of power. 
This is 18 volt. I've upgraded now. I got 20 volt I can stick in there. Give it more power. But it can't do anything without me or somebody. Uh, uh, so, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And, and verse 6. And the Lord has said to Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. Could Satan take his life? Well, if he's the God of this world, but the answer is no. We don't want to put more in that when it says the God of this world, we don't want to put more in that than what it is. I tell you, well, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'll tell you, when I said who's running things, I'll tell you who's running things. God Almighty, the Creator. And He uses tools to run things. Even somebody as lowly as me. Verse uh, 7. So so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with uh, sore boils from the sole of his foot and to his crown. And he took a potsherd with which to scrape himself. He sat down among the ashes. Now I don't know this talks about sores and boils. And he was sitting down in the ashes and had a piece of broken pottery just scraping them. I think it was worse than we might think if we got a little sore or we got a bowl. Again, he told Satan, okay, go ahead and do it, just don't take his life. How bad do you think it was? I think those sores and those bulls were outside, inside. I think one more in his life would have been going, it would have killed him. But that couldn't happen, right? And the answer is no, it could not happen. But that's, that's, uh, that's what God used his tool to do for Job. And certainly it was testing and trial. Certainly was, I have no doubt in that. So Satan unknowingly is bringing God's will to pass for good, for beauty. Uh, okay, where do we stop? Uh, uh, okay, verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Now, whenever I study Job, again, he lost everything. All of his goods, all of his flock. He, he, Job was a man looked up to and admired. But after this, they made fun of him. Took all of his family, all his kids. The only thing that wasn't taken from him was his wife. You think, oh yeah, well that's bringing support down like that, you know. Uh, and I think I couldn't go through things without the Lord. I right? mean, you feel the same way without someone. Just couldn't go through it. So he lets in that comfort. Even she was used to tempt him even more. Can you think how he claimed to her through all these terrible things and their children and everything? But even she, what did she say? Uh... Nine, then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Put yourself in those shoes for a moment. I mean, lost everything within an inch of his life, as they say. And the only thing he had left kind of cling to, humanly speaking, was his wife. Still had God. God hadn't forsaken him. So, okay, so she said, so, you've done something wrong. Like the person I talked to in the hospital. What have I done to deserve this? 
Well, the wife, maybe not pointed out exactly what it was, but you've done something to deserve this. Just go ahead and curse him and die. And now, verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? You know, he said over there before, the Lord gave and the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's blessed in both in the giving and the taking away. And here, he says, we receive good at the hand of God. Shall we not receive evil? He said, oh my goodness, don't say something like that. Don't say we receive evil from God. Don't say that. That'd be sin. That's blasphemy. Would it be? Look what it says. Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this, did not Job sin with his lips? To say that we receive what we label as evil from the hand of God is not sin. You say, I wouldn't say that against God. I'm not saying it against God. I'm saying that to give him all honor and glory because whatever we label as evil, whatever is labeled evil, is going to work together for good. And uh, so, who was running things here? Was it Job? Wasn't Job? Is it reading a little farther? Wasn't his friends? No, his friends. About the same thing as wife. He said, "You're doctor pure. God's mad at you. What you're saying wasn't true. What you preach, God is preaching wasn't true." Was Satan running things here? No. Who's running things? God. I don't want to give Satan honor and glory. Now, at the end of this, I'll get a little long. Uh, we're going to have to close, but let's look at the last chapter of Job. And boy, it's nice to study this whole thing. Job went through his ups and downs and his weaknesses and everything. But God used all the everything in this book of Job. God brought this on Job. And uh, I went too far. I'm going to win some. Uh, God brought this on Job, and he had a purpose. Because what? There's a, for every purpose, there's a time and a season. And it's beautiful. God made everything beautiful in its time. So, uh, so after all these things happened to Job, and again, to read Job and study the ups and downs that he had and everything, what's the end result? You say, well, how could what Satan did, taking all the goods and his family and, and, and his uh, all his bulls and his, his sicknesses and his wife tormenting him uh, against him and tempting him as well. How could that be good? How could that work together for good? Well, we know it's going to. The Bible tells us so. Look what it says in Job 42 and 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. So Job has heard of the God. He preached God. But now mine eye seeth me. And Penny, we pray, we pray from wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God. Let me tell you how we die. I pray, Lord, give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And in my weakness, basically I'll say, P.S., but don't give it to me the way you did, Joe. I know, I'll laugh at that, but I, those thoughts are in my mind. That's, that's, the, that's the other side of me that I'm ashamed of. But anyway, what a wonderful thing 
But we see the Lord. Not physical, a physical eye, but we see the Lord. We understand the Lord. And we see a, a, an individual, a friend or loved one that comes to the knowledge. They see the Lord. Betty, I, early uh, as a child, would have a baptism. I see people cry. I didn't understand why. But now, these are joys of tear. We see that they've been brought to see the So I want to say, that's a great thing to see the Lord. Poor overseas Satan. <laughs> had no idea, did he? He had no idea what he was doing was going to cause Job to see God even fairer than ever before. Did it work just as good? Oh, it sure did. And that's not the only thing. Uh, Verse 10, and I promise I'll close with this. You remember, we didn't read it, but you remember Job's friends, they told him the same thing like, well, you've made God mad, or this wouldn't be happening to you, this wouldn't be happening to righteous people, you know, we don't believe what you've been telling us about God has been all wrong all along, and, and now you're reaping the benefits of, of all your false teaching, talking about this God. That was his friends. Verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friend. That's when all this was released to Job, when he prayed, not just prayed for himself, but prayed for his friend. What did he pray for his friend? That they would see the true God. So it was good for Job that now my eye has seen him. You can, nobody here can say that's not a good thing. Nobody can say this didn't work together for good. Nobody can say that Satan wasn't a tool used here. But who was the master planner? Who was the master builder? It was God. So even this we see certainly worked really good for Job. Now might I see it thee. But now we see Job praying for his friend. The same season. So didn't get as far as I wanted. But I hope we got far enough to see who do anything. Who was running anything in Job's life? Who's running things in your life? Now there are things in my life for by the power to then be taken away. But it's all working together for good. And I think and Peter says, uh, we rejoice in these things, but for time if need be. We have these trials and tribulations, if need be. This is need be for Job. It benefits Job. It benefits his friends. It benefits you and I as we study. And see God, don't we see God clear as we see this? So, who's running things? I'll tell you who's running things. And the one who's running things, we worship. And it's not Satan. It's God. May the Lord bless us.